Hallelujah. I'm going to, let's read the book of 2 Chronicles chapter number 5, verse 14. 2 Chronicles 5, 14. And if you are under the grace, don't worry. The spirit of the Lord is not in human order. The spirit of the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let's read from verse 11, from verse 11 to 14. You know, I didn't prepare this, so I go along as we go. Uh, And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were, let's go on, who were present had sacrificed themselves without keeping to their division, have sanctified themselves without keeping to their division. And the Levites who were the singer, all those, all those of Azaf and Eman and Judathan with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, strings, instruments, harp, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and in thanksgiving to the Lord. And when they lift up their voice with the trumpets and cymbal and the instrument of music and praise to the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue to ministering because of a cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The Bible says that the priest we're offering sacrifices of praise. They say they, 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 are, they are instrument, music instrument, cymbals, trumpets, and they were blowing to the Lord and they were singing. And they were giving thanks to the Lord. But look at what they said His mercy endures forever. Unless you know the mercy of God, you cannot know the glory of God. Because it, listen, my God, help me here. The Bible says, when God instructed them to build the ark on the lawn, there were three things that he put in the ark. The first thing was the manna. The second was the rods. And the third thing that he put in the ark was the tablets. Those three things were in the tablet. And he said, upon the ark, there is a place that you may lay with gold around also with all the ark. And it's called the mercy seat. Do you understand that in the ark was the tablet? And do you know that the tablet deals with judgment? And do you know the rod also deals with judgment? 
It was a rod of Aaron that budded. And because of that, the people that contended with Aaron were punished. So the rod signified judgment, amen, or punishment, same as a tablet. So when you are judged with a tablet, the rod comes. But there is also the manna, which was a prophecy of fresh food for the people. Hallelujah. But they were eating from the law. And listen, the Bible says, and mercy triumphs over judgments. So he put the mercy seat on top of judgment. And when he put it on top of judgment, anyone that approaches God with a consciousness of mercy, receive mercy. But also the glory invaded because they say his mercy endures forever. I don't know who you are, but there is mercy for you to this morning. I don't know, listen, there is mercy, there is mercy for you, there is grace and mercy for you this morning. I know that many of us, we have a judgmental attitude, but God said, let us draw near him in confidence, for it's with him that we can obtain mercy and be rescued in time of need. When you are mercy conscious, the glory of God comes, because you know that you don't earn it. You know it's not because of your, your effort, it's not because of your doing, but it's because of his own doing. But the, 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 the thing that, that, that goes with mercy is a heart of thankfulness. Mercy is to withdraw from you the punishment that you deserve. That mercy. He shows mercy to us. While we were still sinners, Christ showed us mercy. And you see, the Bible says that we were sounding the trumpet. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. No, no, go, go, go back. Go to the beginning. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place. Stop it there. It came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place holy place. Can I submit to you that the priests of this age don't need to go out of the most holy place? Do you understand that the Bible says that we are royal priesthood and our priesthood is a permanent priesthood so we don't need to go in and come out. We dwell in the most holy place. Do you hear what I'm saying? We dwell in the whole most holy place. That's why the curtain was torn when Jesus died at the cross. The curtain that was separating the most holy place from us was torn and there was a, the veil was torn and we can enter and stay in the most holy place. Then he said, uh, for all the priests who were, who were present as sanctified themselves without keeping, without keeping to their divisions, they sanctified themselves. Somebody say they sanctify themselves. You need to understand there are two ways of, there are two sanctification. There is what we call the positional sanctification, which all believers we have in Christ. We have a positional sanctification because in Christ we are sanctified. But there is also what we call, we call the daily sanctification, which means that you choose your vessel of sanctification well. It means daily I make a conscious choice not to engage in things that defile my body. 
And that one is your duty. It's not the Lord's duty. Because he has empowered you to take that responsibility. You take a conscious decision that swearing word will not come out of my mouth. You take a conscious decision, I will not defile myself with anger. I will not defile myself with frustration. I will not defile myself with gossip. I will not defile myself with things that are not glorifying God. That's a daily sanctification. And that sanctification, every believer is capable of doing it. Because power has been given to you. And you know, those two, it's the position of sanctification that empowers you to do the daily sanctification. It means without the positional sanctification, you can't do the daily one. Because when you are positioned in Christ, you are sanctified in Christ, you have the power to make choices now. Amen. Hallelujah. Then he goes on and he said, and the Levite, who were the singers, <laughs> all those of Azaf, why, why did you go so quickly? All those of Azaf and Eman and Jedufem, with their sons and their brethren, keep it there. Listen what was going on here. They chose to worship the Lord with everything, even their families. They said, with their son, with their brethren, they, they made a conscious decision that they would not go without someone. It means that physically your parent might not want to serve the Lord, but you can take them with you in your worship. Physically, they can be rebellious, but you can take them in the altar and say, God, I'm bringing my whole family before you today in the name of Jesus. As we are worshiping here, I'm bringing my relative to this altar. As we are saying, holy, holy, in my mind, in my thought, I'm coming with every relative. I'm coming with everybody that know that I know. We can choose to bring them to the altar. They don't need to be here physically. You, we can call them up in the spirit. They don't need to sit here. We can worship with them in the spirit. And, and he said, and the brother stood at the east end of the altar, clothed with white linen, the symbol of purity, having symbol, string instrument, and harp with them, 120 priests. Somebody say 120. Do you know 120 is significant in the Bible? Yes, yes. 120. The Bible says that, and they shall live 120 years. And, and the flood of Noah lasted 120 years. Hallelujah. 120, 120, 120. See, it says the life of a flesh shall be 120. So 120 is a picture of the end of the old era and the entrance of a new one. Hallelujah. 120 is the death of the flesh and the life in the spirit. So, 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 so God was prophesying that there will be coming a time where we'll worship him in the spirit and the truth. 120. They came to a place where, where you know, the, the same flood that killed the people was the same flood that lifted Noah. The same judgment that was destroying the people was that flood of judgment that picked up Noah's boat. When you are under mercy, when you are under mercy, doesn't matter what happened around you, you are picked up. It, it, it means that a thousand will fall at your side. 
and 10,000 at your right, it shall not come near you. He said, with your eyes, you will see the reward of the wicked. I prophesy over you today that you are covered by the mercy of the Lord, that you are covered by the grace of the Lord. Doesn't matter what goes on in South Africa, you are not part of it because the mercy of the Lord overtakes you. You don't need to worry like every South African worries. You don't need to talk like every South African talks because you are from Zion, the city of God. The 120. So the 120, what they were doing? They were sounding. With what? Trumpet. Some people say, it's too noisy. I have a news for you. We haven't, we haven't gotten a trumpet here yet. We still were working toward that. Because trumpets are more, it's an instrument of noise. When you come to cymbals and trumpets, my God. But do you know something? The army... The army, when they march, they march with trumpets, cymbals, and drum. It's a marching order. So whenever we make this noise, we are calling out the army of God to arise in a season and a time like this and take its place. Whenever we make that noise, we call the body of Christ to take its place in the grace of the Lord. Then he said, indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were one to make one sound. Make what? In unison, in unity, in one accord. He said, oh, go back. There were singers were one to make one sound to be Heard in praising and thanksgiving to the Lord. You know, there is a mystery of praising and thanksgiving. Keep it there. You know, people that don't know how to give praise knows how to gossip. People that don't know how to give praise know how to complain. Instead of praising God, they spend all their life complaining about what they don't have. Instead of praising God for what they have. People, listen, praise, it's a battle it's a weapon of warfare. Praise is a weapon of warfare. We are not praising to war, but when we praise, the host of heaven are dis dispatched around us. When we praise the ancient of days, the El Gibor, the God of heaven will flex his muscle and come and rescue you. When you praise, something takes place in the spirit. Oh, I hope somebody can praise the Lord. I hope our people that can praise the Lord. I want you to give you two minutes and break loose and praise the Lord in the house like you have never done. Uh, I want you to praise the Lord. I want you to give a sound to the Lord. I'm looking for people that will praise the Lord. Keta, keta, Him, Jesus. Hallelujah! His mercy! His mercy! His mercy! His mercy! Hallelujah! You may be seated. Today is a different service. Where have you seen services where people lie flat for the whole service like this? 
the glory of the Lord. Let's carry on. Let's read from where we stopped. It said, they heard praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with a trumpet. Go on. And cymbals, an instrument of music. And praise the Lord, saying, for his mercy, for he is good. And his mercy endures for you. Then we're going to sing praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. We're going to sing that now. Wait for me, wait for me. We're going to sing that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that the house. Okay. And that the house. He said that the house, and repeated, the house of the Lord. Not any other house. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Can I make an announcement? Can I make an announcement? In those days, it was a physical building. In our days, we have been transferred from a physical building to a spiritual world. The Bible said, don't you know that you have a temple of the Holy Ghost who dwells in you? So the glory is not going to necessarily fill the building, but the glory is going to fill you. Oh, the glory might not appear in the body, but inside of you, there will be glory today. The glory fills the temple. They also fill with cloth and say, so that the priests could not continue ministry because of a cloud for the glory of the Lord. Fields, the house of God. Do you understand that sentence? It's a powerful statement. Give me my cloth. Do you understand that sentence? He said, the priest could not continue to minister. Do you know that there is only one instance where the priests are prevented? from ministering in the Bible. It's called Shabbat. It's called rest. In the rest, ministry stops and God takes his place. It's a, it's a cessation of work. So the glory of God comes in your life to release you from your works so that God may take over and do what he wants to do. When the glory of the Lord comes in your life, your efforts are put to bed. When the glory of God comes in your life, your strength is put to bed. When the glory of the Lord comes in your life, your strives is put to bed because the Lord will arise and do his own work. The reason why many people in the church are feeling drained is because you are doing it yourself. Because when you do it yourself, you feel tired. I don't understand. Because when you do it yourself, naturally you will feel tired. People ask me, do you get tired when you minister? I say, the day I get very tired, I get worried. Because when I get tired, it's a sign that I was doing it out of my own. But when the Lord is doing it, he said, and he renews my strength. Like the one of the youth. Those who put their hope in the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And they shall not go away. They shall not faint. They shall run and not get tired. When the glory of the Lord comes in your life, my God, help me here. When the glory of the Lord comes in your life, your work is over. But how to bring the glory? How to attract? No, how to attract rather because the glory God brings. How to attract is to position yourself as someone that prays and worshiping on the altar of mercy. I'm not worshiping because I'm worthy. I'm worshiping because he is worthy and he has made me worthy. I'm not entering his presence because I'm so holy. I enter his presence because I've inherited his holiness. The reason why I don't feel guilty is not because I didn't do anything wrong, but he has removed my guilt. It was nailed at the cross of Calvary so that by stripes I may be healed from my guilt, from my emotion, from my consciousness of sin. The reason why people are depressed is because they are self-centered. Self-centeredness is a recipe for depression because it's a me, me, I feel, I, I, I feel, I, I. What, what, what about what the Lord has done? Because it's not the way you feel anymore. It's about the way he feels about you. And we have a tendency to imagine how he feels about us. Because we think he's feeling the way we are feeling. But it's not because you feel down that the Lord is down. That he said, when you, when you, he said, when you are weak, I'm strong. It means when I feel down, I know I'm up. Because in the spirit, the Lord is holding me up. Mercy will triumph over judgment. You need to have a heart of mercy this morning. But you know, the thing of mercy, don't just have mercy for other people. Have mercy for yourself. You know, one time, I missed my prayer time. And I was so disappointed, so disappointed. I said, Lord, how can I miss my prayer time? And the Lord said, mercy. I said, no, I know you are giving me mercy. He said, no, you have mercy on yourself. Because you have, you have claimed to yourself, you have bucked yourself into a routine. And there is nothing wrong. I want you to pray the way you are praying. But don't go into guilt because one day you couldn't. I hope somebody understands the mystery of mercy. I hope somebody understands the mystery of mercy. You know what God says? If you couldn't help yourself when you are when you were in your mother's womb. If you couldn't help yourself, I held you there. Now you came out. You want to help me help you? <laughs> Don't you know that the same way you were helpless, you can still be helpless and I will help you? Don't you know that the same way you didn't feel any guilt, you can be like that and I will still bless you? When you understand mercy, Sin has no power over you. When you understand mercy, these things don't have power over you because you come to a place. You live in the constant presence of the Lord and you are 
in front of a mercy seat where, where angels are. He said, when they say, is mercy endure forever, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. We're going to end up this service like this. I want the worship team to come. And while they are getting ready, I want you to make your offering quickly because we don't want to confuse the two. Just, just make your offering wherever you are and then go back to your place and then we're going to round up the service with this. Are you blessed? Yes. Can you feel the presence of the Lord in the place? If you are sick, you are healed. I say if you are sick, you are healed. Jump up and do something you couldn't do. You realize you are healed by his mercy. Are we ready? Come, my daughter, come, come, come. Take your shoes off. Yes. I know you look very nice with shoes, but we need to do the presence in the name of Jesus. Mercy! You know what? I'm going to tell you what is going to happen. When you're going to sing this song, the glory of the Lord will invade you. Amen. And out of you, it will invade the house. Amen. So while we're going to sing this song, don't sing it as, his mercy. No, no, no. no. You are in business with God. <laughs> when you are singing, you are, you, are, you are transacting with God. You are in business with the ancient of days. You are lifting up the ancient of days. And when you lift him up, something is going to happen in your life. You know why we are doing this? And that's not what the Lord told me when I was coming uh, he, he, uh, actually, when I was coming, he didn't tell me much. I was just trying to preach again on the sands. He didn't tell me anything. So I just took my, my book, I made some notes, and I was coming to, to recite my notes. And he changed it. Because today, you want to, you want to, you want to break chains. You, people will get free from addiction out of this worship. Chains will be broken. Listen to me. Chains will be broken marriages will be restored out of this. You will see, you will hear testimonies. Things will happen. Supernatural invasion in your house. There will be a turnaround and the angel of the Lord will walk into your house with the provision you need. And the Lord, my God, the provision you need shall be in your house. Some of you, you've been doing well, but in these days, it's like you are stuck a bit in your business. There will be a turnaround for this. And when you go home, you will see that something has changed and shifted. Oh my God, there will be breakthroughs in the house. How many people believe what I'm saying to you? You will see it with your eyes. But those who don't believe, you will see it, but will not take part, take part of it. It means you will hear many testimonies. But you won't have a testimony because you didn't believe the word that came out. And you say, but why are you saying this? The angel Gabriel came to Mary. He, he went to Zachariah. 
And he said to Zechariah, you are blessed. You will have a son. Zechariah said, no, I'm old. He said, because you doubted the Lord. He said, I'm Gabriel standing in the presence of the Lord. And you doubted my word. And because of that, you will not be able to speak anymore. The Bible says, and Zechariah became mute. The same angel went to Mary. And Mary accepted the word and Mary was blessed. We are in the presence of God. If you accept, you get. If you, if you doubt, you go without. Fire the Holy Spirit.